and welcome back to Middle Ground. I'm Joe, And I'm Caroline. And we are going to introduce ourselves at the beginning of podcast from now on. Since you pointed out that we haven't been doing that, I now am very fixated on it. Yeah. I'm Joe. <laughs> I'm Caroline. I don't know what I do. I'm a content creator and <laughs> quote-unquote influencer. Yeah. Used to be a full-time wedding photographer. Yeah. I'm obsessed with business and marketing. <laughs> The housing market gets me hyped. I love nothing more on a Saturday afternoon than just to get in my car and drive around and look at houses. <laughs> Caroline, tell them a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm Caroline. I'm 21. Um, I <clears throat> love my life. And yeah. Well, tell us about your life, though. I don't know. Don't I be I don't like being put on the spot. Um, yeah, I can't do it. I like to swim. What do you do to make money? I'm a photographer and podcast host and content creator. And, and a high school graduate. High school graduate. There you go. <laughs> high school. High school. High school diploma, baby. All right. Let's jump on in. Okay. What was it. your grounding moment? I want to go first. Okay. You can go first. Our chairs. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> what? You have to explain to them. Okay. I was afraid you were going to say it, and it's the only... No, I wasn't going to say it. Oh, okay. Well, then you can go first. What's your grounding moment, Caroline? so mine... On Sunday... So I haven't had, like, a lot of adventure days, obviously, because we're in a Pandora. (laughs) Global panorama. (laughs) Yeah. We're in a pandemic, and... uh, Which is fine. I've been okay mentally. But on Sunday, I was like, Chris, can we do something fun? Like... You know, we always do the same things, which is fine, but, like, can you think outside the box for me? And he's like, okay. And then, like, 30 seconds later, he was like, let's go to New York Springs. I was like, yeah. And it was just so last minute, and I love shit like that. It just jives me. I'm like, yeah, let's Well, no, do it was it. crazy. What? My friend Brittany and, like, our group of friends was there, too, the same day you were there. Oh, weird. And you guys were all posting pictures, and I was, like, outside and stuff. And I was like, is there something going on that I should – is everybody <laughs> having a I hate Joe meeting in Eureka Springs? <laughs> yeah, that's Because everybody's did. there, and no one – You in- figured it out, damn. <laughs> no one invited me. But anyway, that was just weird, I thought. That is really weird. Um, no, but if you guys don't know what Eureka Springs is, it's this little town in Arkansas, and it's very funky – yeah, and witchy and weird and just different and, um, like, fairy different. Like, they believe in fairies and... There are crystals. Yeah, crystal shops. And it's just little shops on this, like, hill of multiple different shops of whatever you can think of. And so we did that on Sunday. And then I took Chris um, on the way back. There's this gas station you can stop at. And it's, like, in the middle of nowhere. And you can get um, ice cream cones that are, like, the size of – they're, like, a foot tall. <laughs> that story. Those <laughs> stories were really funny. Yeah, they were, like, a foot tall. And I was like, Chris, we have to go. And he's like, you know I'm lactose intolerant. I'm like, it's okay. You eat it anyways. So then we go. And um, I was like, just order the small, and I'll order the big one. He's like, okay. And then he was like, I'll have a small. And they're like – and it's called a peewee. It's not called small. He's like, I'll have the peewee. And they're like – what the fuck? They're like, no, you're not getting the peewee. And he's like, okay. And they like, we're bullying him. They're like, no, no, you're a big guy, aren't you? And he's like, yeah. He's like, Chris is like, that. not really. I know. He's like, and I'm like, you should have just said, uh, bitch, I'm lactose intolerant. Like, back off. 
But anyway, so they gave him a huge one, and it was hysterical. And he threw it out the window if you saw my story because he can't eat all that. He would literally die. His stomach would not like him. But anyways, my Sunday was very wonderful and spontaneous and all things fairy and fun. What was your grounding moment? My grounding moment. I arrived today and got my mamaka bowls that I get every morning before mm-hmm. we record. And I was very like psyched for life. I was like, here we are. Today's going great. And then Caroline goes, I have a surprise. And I was like, oh my gosh, a surprise. <laughs> I love surprises. Do you do you like surprises? Yeah. Okay. So as do long I. As- I get really um, scared giving surprises, though. I love surprises as long as I truly know nothing of it. That's how I am. Like, I like to actually be surprised. That's how I am. Um, but I don't like it if... I don't like you. Do you know what I mean? I feel yeah, like, like if a lot you find people, out a little bit. And... I feel like people who don't like surprises don't like surprises because they're like, I can sense people are hiding something from me. And I don't think anybody likes to feel that way. Yeah. But like real good surprises. Yes. You're actually surprised. Yes. I like that. Too. Yeah. So anyway, we walked upstairs and she was like, I want you to open the door to the <laughs> office. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and our chairs came in and Caroline um, installed them and put them in the office and got rid of our other chairs without me even knowing because she's the sweetest human on planet earth. And they look so good. They're so pretty. They look and they're so comfy. Good. We need to post a picture on our feed. Yeah, we do. Joe was like, now we can have guests because yeah. now we have four chairs instead of two. Yeah, we had um, my friend JC on the podcast a few weeks ago, if you heard that. And um, we sat on the floor Yeah, because we didn't have enough chairs. <laughs> I have the hiccups so oh, bad. God. I'm really sorry, everybody. Okay. All right, so today we talked about this a little bit last week, but today we're going to do an open Q&A from you guys of all things content creation and influencer world. So pretty much um, we're going to be covering all kinds of questions that have to do with the career that is quote unquote influencing. I feel like when it started, it was called blogging. Um, And we have an episode a ways back. We'll link it on our story that is kind of discussing the difference between content creation, influencing and blogging and about how some people do all three And from a general public standpoint, um, it's really referred to as influencing. Uh, I think the weird part about this career is it has such negative connotation to so many people. And I think a lot of that is there's just not a lot of transparency. And I don't know if that comes from a lack of people wanting to be transparent or just the, the industry itself being so new that there isn't a lot of information out there. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's a wide range of um, what, like, how much income you make. And, you right. know, there's like micro influencers and right. huge influencers. And so it's not like a one size fits all kind of deal. So if one person shares, that doesn't mean shares how much they make, that doesn't mean everyone makes that amount. Well, it's like any other... I feel like, at least being in photography for me, I feel like a lot of self-employed jobs are this way, or like being a business owner, because it can range. You can make 30... Well, you can make negative money a year. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you can literally be doing it as a passion project and make nothing off of it and just enjoy it. 
Um, or you can be making millions of dollars a year doing any kind of small business. And it kind of is the same thing. And I think, I don't know. I just think there's not a lot of information about it out there for people. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't listened to our first episode, um, you can go back and listen to that. I'm not going to try and not cover things again. I'm just going to answer, like, I'm going to read questions that I think were really good, solid questions and we're going to answer them. So sorry if we hit some of the same things twice, but it has been a while. So I think hitting the same things twice is good. Oh, I should have picked an order before we got started. I'm out of breath. Oh, you are? Yeah. Like baby's up in my rib cage and, um, I get really out of breath. Um, so somebody asked, and I think this is a great question to start with. Um, how do you start and how did we get started? Cool. Um, so I would say I'm kind of new to this industry, but I've always had a passion for it. And I've talked a little bit about this in a couple episodes, but um, when I was about like 16, 17, that's when influencing took off, I feel like. And I was obsessed with that world and I wanted to be a part of it. Um, And just obsessed with creating and taking photos. I would always, you know, grab my friends and just have them take photos of me or I would take photos of them and post. And that was just really fun for me. So, um, yeah, I've been doing this since you I was You love to like, create. Yeah, I've just loved to create and it's it comes easy for me. And so um, since I was 17, not I haven't been posting like religiously since 17, but, you know, I love to capture my life and post it on the internet. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of that way too. I've been making daily content since Flickr was the thing when I was like 15, 16. And I wasn't creating it in order to get it to a wide audience per se, because it's not like I had followers. I was doing it because I loved creating um, and I loved the creativity behind it. And it was such an outlet for me. And um, I went into wedding photography and I really, I enjoyed wedding photography. I loved capturing events. It was a lot of fun, but at the root of it, what I really loved to do was create. Um, and I loved marketing and I loved business and I really wanted a path that combined all those things for me. And, um, content creation and influencing was kind of a natural flow because I could create I could collaborate with brands on marketing campaigns. Um, it gave me an opportunity to learn even more about business and uh, back end things like that. And so I started filtering in. I had maybe eight to nine thousand followers on Instagram for my photography business, and I started filtering in more content of myself. It was like one every nine posts was about me. One every six posts was about me. Okay, mm-hmm. now one every three posts is about me. Okay, now we're only posting about photography once every three posts, you know? And I kind of worked my way that direction. And I lost followers, of course, because there were people who were following me because they wanted creative photography content of others. And I wasn't doing that anymore. And so, like, I slowly transitioned out. But there were people who were like, oh, I am interested in this content. So I gained followers too. And yeah, I kind of just, that's how I transitioned in. Mm-hmm. I know it's weird. Yeah. Cause we, I don't know. I think a lot of people, I mean, I know a lot of people see this world as so 
different and odd, but like we've just always been in the world, so it's hard to explain. I'm like, oh yeah. Like, I've always I've had always... a lot of content creator friends. Yeah, same. And so I've always been like, oh, there are people not in this world, so I have to explain and elaborate. And I know that's like a duh thing, but it it's just weird for me. My favorite way to explain what being a content creator or an influencer is to people is to compare it to a marketing agency because I think a lot of people perceive it as, oh, you're just taking a picture and then you're getting paid amounts of money to market something you don't even use. Like I know that that's really, yeah, there's, there's a, stigma. a lot of negative feedback about, which not that there aren't people in this field who have made bad decisions that way. I think that's absolutely true. But I think there are a lot of genuine people in this field who are creating these communities and really trying to help people and their own, they're their own little marketing agencies. They are trying out a product, seeing how it applies to their life and if it applies to their life. And then when they find out it does, they're not only the photographer, but they're the model. And not only are they the photographer and the model, they're the creative director. They are the editor. They are the copywriter who's doing all of the text they are the business correspondent who's sending back and forth. They're hiring out the graphics. Like they're doing every part of creating campaigns for businesses so that now it's really cool because a lot of big businesses are supporting small business instead of hiring corporate marketing agencies to mm-hmm. do things. Yeah, it is really cool. Like I, I, I think it's so cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And people are having this opportunity to build trust and build community online and spread a message. And I don't know. I just think it's cool. Yeah. So, okay. Um, Somebody asked, how much time goes into one Instagram post? Oh, that's a good question. Um, It really depends for me. Um, But like Joe said, we wear a lot of hats, so... It starts from, um, or how I started is Pinterest, and I pull inspiration from a lot of creators, and I make a mood board, and then, and it's everything from my what my hair is going to look like, what my makeup is going to look like, what clothing um, that I have that kind of looks like what the vibe I'm going for, and then we, um, so me and Joe jo sit down and we're like, we're going to shoot tomorrow. And then we plan out that. And then we also have to plan out, um, middle ground content. And so we tried to match our outfits as best we can to make them look good. And then we pick locations. So (laughs) I don't even know how long that takes. Um, I've never really thought about it. It takes a while. Yeah. Like it takes us a full 10 to 12 hour day to do a week of shooting, I would say. But what I was going to say too, is like, not all Instagram posts are created equal because I know a lot of people will read statistics like Charlie D'Amelio gets paid a hundred thousand dollars per TikTok, And then people are like, well, she posts four times a day. So she's making $400,000 a day. And so I want to clarify that whenever people say that Kim Kardashian gets paid a million dollars per Instagram post, it doesn't mean that she's getting paid for every time she Instagrams. Um, that's how much an Instagram post on her feed is worth to a brand. And so 
I want to clarify on that, on this question, because like an Instagram post, if I'm doing something with a brand, one Instagram post, well, there's the month or longer of using the product. If I've never used the product or service before, because I want to ensure that it's something that I really am going to work into my daily routine before I recommend it to anybody. Most of the brands that I work with are products I've been using already. And when they reach out, I'm like, yeah, I already use your product. I already spend my money on your product. So let's, Perfect. yeah. Like I really look for organic fits like that. Um, so there's the testing the product and then there's the email correspondence that goes back and forth. There's the creative planning. So what do I want the image to look like? What colors does the brand want me wearing? What is the mood that the brand's trying to emote? How does that work with my brand and who I am? And does it fit? Okay, now we're planning it shoot day. So we're going to do hair and makeup that day. And I try when I do hair and makeup that we shoot multiple things in a day. Mm -hmm. That way it's not like every time I post on Instagram, I have to spend an hour doing my hair and makeup. Right. You know, but um, so I do my hair and makeup probably spend an hour shooting per like paid promotional Instagram post. Um, and then I probably spend two to three hours going through and editing pictures um, mm-hmm. because brands then want options for what the post is. And I file through an email. I write drafts for captions um, that fit both the content they're wanting to share and fit my overall aesthetic and hopefully resonate with my community, um, which takes a while. And then you have a few days before you hear back approval from the brand and then they give you a post date and then you have to build your entire grid and your posting schedule around ensuring that that post flows naturally to your audience in a way that you would share it. Yeah. So I don't know how long that just was. (laughs) But there is a lot more to it than I I keep thinking of my, um, I collaborated with my prenatal ritual, which I love my prenatal. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been using it for, I had been buying it and using it myself for months before I did anything with them. Um, but I'm thinking about like that one picture and it's funny because people scroll right past stuff, right? (laughs) Like you work so hard Mm -hmm. and people are like, Oh, she's holding a product skip yeah and I'm like <laughs> ouch <laughs> like, but it was so cute I worked so hard on that mm-hmm. and I like genuinely tried this and I genuinely love it um, and genuinely so, want to share it with you all yeah I genuinely want to share this and I got a discount code for you guys and like because c- I love this and I love you guys and you know and yeah. so I'm always like man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I also understand it within you know reason but it's a lot more than I think people think. Yeah, it's an intense job for sure. It's like, not for everyone. It's a lot more time. So, okay, somebody asked, were you afraid of judgment when you started? Um, yes. Um, especially when I was in high school. Um, a lot of high school kids, you know, don't get things in general, but they didn't really get influencing like I did. And I didn't understand at that young of an age why they weren't understanding it. I'm like, guys, this is like the new thing. Like, you're not into influencing? And they're like, no, not really. And um, not that anyone judged me to my face, but definitely, you know, there's a whole stigma like, 
oh, you're just, oh, there's Caroline again, you know, storing or telling a story on her Instagram story or whatever. Um, I would think people were saying that about me. No one ever did out loud. But yeah, for sure. And it's only only until recently I'm like, fuck it. Like, I don't care what people think. I always think nobody's talking about me. Like, you know, and then I hear about it and it's still to this day. I'm like, mm, yeah, I'm sad. Yeah. And it makes me, I think that's part of why we're even doing a podcast episode on this is probably my insecurity. <laughs> <laughs> just because like when people, there's just a lot of negative feedback about this career. And I truly believe that it's a lack of transparency and understanding. Um, but yeah, I was afraid of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, since I started, we started this podcast, I gained a lot of followers really fast and then it kind of just evened out, which is totally fine. I knew it would happen. Um, but recently I start, like, I go on these waves of, like, a lot of people follow me and a lot of people unfollow me. And I wonder, like, in my head, I'm like, oh, those are probably my high school peers, which I'm kind of like, but I don't even know if that's true or not. But in my head, I'm like, I kind of want them not to follow me. Like, right. I don't need that on, on average, my... I'm going to say this, on average, 1,500 people unfollow me a week. Yeah. Like, that's a good week. Right. For me. Like, I'm like, oh, 1,500. Good. Yeah. Like, that's very normal. Right. Yeah. And, well, I've seen it, like, fluctuate like that. And I'm like, oh, um, like, I'm glad those people are leaving. Like, I don't want them to follow me if they just know me from high school. You well, know? you have to get a healthy relationship with the concept of unfollowing and realize that it doesn't have anything to do with your value as an individual. And, like, I think about I unfollow people all the time, not because of their character or because they're bad, but because of whatever stage of life I'm in, they're no longer providing like their con at least in terms of content creators. I don't unfollow like personal yeah, friends yeah. and things like that, <laughs> but content creators and influencers and things like that, I will follow and unfollow as they provide inspiration and good guidance in my life if I'm not feeling good when their content pops up every time and every time I'm like, oh, skip, I'm like, I'm not benefiting them being here because I'm not engaging with their content. Yeah. And so it's okay to leave and it's okay to say I, some, there are some that I have left for a while and then gone back and followed again whenever I resonate with them. Yeah. It's I don't okay. know. And so I just assume that everybody that unfollows me is like that. It's probably not true. Some people are like, screw this bitch, unfollow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that is true because I but, even do that too. Like, I go through waves as well. Like, unfollow, follow, refollow. Um, so yeah, yeah, it doesn't hurt my feelings at all. I'd rather get the loyal followers that I want than you know the peers from high school that mm -hmm. just want to hang on. And like, it doesn't matter what you do; people are always going to judge you. Yeah, well, yeah, any career, anything. So just you can go do be a dentist; you... somebody's going to judge you. Yeah, just do what you want to do. Like, it doesn't matter. There are always people who have opinions, and you just kind of have to get past it. But, but yes, I was scared of judgment. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that I wasn't. Um, okay, somebody asked, "What streams of income do you or can you have doing this, and how do you build them?" Mm. You probably can answer this better. You want me? Okay. Yeah. Um, so it, it's super limitless. 
and it's kind of wherever you want it to dream to. Um, the streams of income that I think of as being primarily available to only content creators is reward style or linking things, um, which is a commissionable link where when you share it, people swipe up. And if they purchase that item, you get a small commission based on how much um, the product was or how many you sold. Um, Then you also have the option of paid collaborations. So that would be like a brand reaching out to me and saying, hey, we have this product. Would you be willing to try it? And if you love it, would you promote it on your page? Uh, And then you can charge X number of dollars for a story or for a swipe up link or for a post or a TikTok or whatever it is. And that's normally a one-time flat fee. Um, Or sometimes people do reoccurring brand deals where they work with a brand for six months or something like that, and they create a certain amount of content per month. Um, And then the last way that I think of is content creation, where you're not posting or having your community do anything, and instead you're just creating photos and imagery and short format video content, whatever it is, for a brand in order for them to share on their social media platform. And they'll pay you a flat fee to send over those images They'll send you product, you photograph the product, um, whether it's on you, you do all the creative direction, everything like that. Those are the three things that I think of like as streams of income that are really only available to content creators and influencers. I'm so out of breath. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm seriously (laughs) struggling talking. Um, this may, Oh, Caroline, recording the (laughs) podcast might get hard. Okay. Um, so sorry guys. (laughs) But the other ways, there are other streams of income that I see a lot of content creators go, which is starting their own businesses and brands and promoting them to their community. Um, Two content creators that I follow pretty closely that I think are beautiful examples of this, um, Amber Fillerup, she owns Barefoot Blonde and Day Hair and um, was originally a blogger, content creator, and then was really passionate about her hair and um, shared a lot of really cool tutorials. And she came out with her own line of extensions, which is Barefoot Blonde, um, clip-in extensions. And then a few short years after that, she came out with Day Hair, which is a natural, like, sulfate-free, I'm probably saying things yeah, wrong. Yeah, it's probably vegan, I think. Um, yeah, vegan, you know, all those things. Um, hairline, shampoo, conditioner, hair masks, things like that. And another content creator that I think does a really cool job of this is Savon Ayla. Um, she owns Tan Lines, which is a swimwear and um, activewear line. And she owns, oh, Lux Unfiltered. Man, I'm, I'm on my game here, yeah. pulling things out of my brain. <laughs> I was not going to guess Which that. is a um, tanning lotion and tanning oil. I don't know if it's oil. I'm probably using the wrong words, but tanning drops. Self-tanner or something. Yeah, it's a self-tanner line um, and business that she owns. And both of those are really cool examples to me of them building a beautiful community and then taking their passions and starting really cool, sustainable, like awesome businesses. Um, And so then they have that stream of income as well. Um, a lot of content creators, like I have digital products. So for me, a stream of income 
And you can do this whether you're a content creator or not is why I say this isn't exclusive to content creators and influencers. But for me, like I have a passion for business. That's what my degree's in. That's what my experience is in. So I have online courses for um, freelancers, for photographers that are available. And I also sell presets since 2018. Um, And that's a digital stream of income selling digital product. Um, I'm trying to think of other things there. There's, it's really endless. Yeah. And that's the cool part is you can take it. You can take yourself and run with it. Like you can build yourself and your name up so high that, and build this community like Joe was talking about that you can sell and provide these amazing products to people. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just think it's really interesting. Somebody asked, does influencing have a steady or reliable income or do some months differ from others? And somebody else also asked, this is dumb, but how do you pay your bills? Like, how do you know you'll have enough deals? And we got a lot of questions like this, but those two stood out. Um, because I think content creation is not that different from photography that way. Yeah. Um, being self-employed period you don't have a paycheck like you do going to work so you you know that going in you want to talk on it a little bit so I can catch my breath (laughs) yeah so I'll use like my photography business as an example because I'm again new to this influencer world but want to dive more into it um so photography yeah you like Joe said you have to like going in I don't I know roughly what I'm maybe gonna make at the end of the year but it's not I don't have a set x number of dollars I make each month um like for example I make way more money in May and the summer months and spring than I do in December and January because you know it's prettier to take photos outside and the weather is nicer no one really wants to take their photo in December they're busy with the holidays etc 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 So, yeah, it really differs, and I kind of like it. It makes it fun for me, and my personality handles that well because it's just I know it's going to fluctuate, and it's okay. It really forces you to be good at managing your money. And if you are um, a business owner or photographer who is learning about having an inconsistent income, I have a blog post on my uh, website, joejohnson.co, that is all about how I budget an inconsistent income. And so I think the questions that were asked were really valid because there are some months, like when I was doing photography in the summer, I would have a month where I would make in revenue, not that this is how much I could pay myself because I still had costs, taxes, all that. Mm -hmm. But I would have a month that I would do like $30,000 in revenue. Yeah. And I would be like, I have made it. Mm-hmm. I am the queen of England. Yeah. 30,000 times 12 <laughs> is what? $360,000. I am, you know, Bill Gates. Collar, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I have made it. But then you go into like the next two months and you make $500 for the next two or three months or whatever. And then after those, you have a big month that's $3,500 for the entire month. And you're like, oh, shoot, 
I had all that revenue because of just how bill pay landed or how work landed with weddings or, you know, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, I made $30,000 in June, but I only made $55,000 in revenue for the year. Right. (laughs) Um, And so you have to learn about that and you have to plan and you have to understand that just because you have that much revenue going on doesn't mean you have that much spending money. Um, and so you have to pocket it and make sure that it's going to last you for the six months that, that it needs to yeah, exactly. last. And I feel like content creation is really similar. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm not totally new here. I have a lot of friends who have been in the content creator space and I'm really into business. And so I've helped a lot of content creator friends with contracts and deals and pricing prior to me going into this industry. But now that it's becoming more of a pillar of my, you know, job, I'm learning that like Q4, quarter four is big for content creators because it's Christmas. Oh yeah. And so lots of brands are looking to do collaborations and have their sales and their Black Fridays and their, you know, things like that promoted um, across the board. So like, that's a huge quarter for businesses. And so content, like for photographers, that's the summer. Right. Yeah. You don't make any money. And October, October is like, you know, but for photographers, December through February dead. Yeah. I'm lucky if I can eat, you know, (laughs) not, not actually because I plan for it, Yeah, but it's not a traditional job and that you're getting an equal paycheck. Um, but you can understand that, Hey, I'm worth X number of dollars. So I know that I'm going to be able to make $40,000 this year. So I always, what I did when I was getting started is I would set my budget for what I knew I could make. And then if I doubled that bonus, and at the end of the year, I could do something nice for myself, but I wouldn't rely on it going in. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really just learning how to budget it. Right. But it's not as scary as you think it is once you're doing it. No, it's really fun. And to me, like I'm in complete control of how much money I make or don't make. The harder I work, the more money I'm going to make. The less I work, the less money. And that's, it's a game in my head. I'm like, okay, let's grind. Let's see how much I can make. And then I just barrel in, um, but since I'm self-employed, I can also, you know, take a break if I want to. If I'm bur- if I'm burnt out a day, I can schedule a walk or do like a self-care day or whatever the hell. Um, so for my personality, like I've said, it's I love it. I love being my own boss and doing my own thing. Yeah. Somebody asked when you first started working with brands, were you picky or did you work with everyone? Oh uh, yeah. Um, so the brands I've worked with are um, like brand ambassador positions. So the brands will send me free product and I'll photograph it. No, I don't get paid to do that. Um, and yeah, I've been picky, I think, since day one about that. I have too. I, I never worked with everybody that reached out. Yeah. Um, because the most important thing to me isn't that I'm getting paid for what I want to do, because my end goal isn't to make my full-time income off content creation or influencing. I want to be a business owner, which is why you see me really talk about those people like Amber Filler up, Savannah Ayla. Like, I'm like, okay, they're cool. They're, they're entrepreneurs and they're, you know, and I don't know exactly what I want to do yet. So right now 
My priority is building trust with my community. So if a product fits and it's something I use, great. Um, I'm, I'm happy to work with people. I'm thrilled. That's really fun for me. Um, but there is no reason to break trust with my people. Yeah. That's my number one priority. So, and I would say that if you're new, don't take anything, like take the things that truly fit with who you are. Don't be afraid to say no and don't say yes for a paycheck. It's not worth it. No, it's not. Even if they offer you what feels like all the money in the world, if it's not a natural fit, that will hurt trust with your community. And hurt you, hurt future you. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's, I mean, that's a hard thing to learn, but. Yeah. I, yeah. Like thinking back, like my first brand ambassador position was, um, with this flip-flop company in Texas. And now, of course, I wouldn't promote that. Like, it doesn't fit. At the time, it was a really organic fit, yes. though. Yeah, exactly. Like, as a high schooler, and I was, you know, thinking about going to Hawaii and um, swimming there, and I would, I traveled a lot, so I went to Hawaii that year and shot the content there, and they loved it. They were like, what is this 17-year-old doing? Like, are you joking? But it was just fun for me. But like I said, now, it wouldn't fit, so... I don't work with them anymore. They've reached out, but I'm like, mm, not. It doesn't fit yeah, the same way it's it not used to. Yeah, gonna flow, and that's okay. You're allowed to grow and evolve. Um, somebody asked, "Is it difficult to have a career based on whether or not people like you?" I'm sensitive. Oh, wait, read that one more time. Is it difficult to have a career based on whether or not people like you? Um, I don't think that's what the career is. No. I think that that's a um, big misconception about the content creator and influencer world um, is that the people who are doing this are people who just need tons of affirmation and reassurance yeah. and are constantly putting themselves out on the internet to feel validated. To feel validated. Yeah, I don't um, do that because of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you're sensitive to whether people like you or not, this is not probably the career for right. you in my opinion unless you really buckle down and grow a backbone yeah um and which is totally which possible. you can do that um but it doesn't matter if people like you or not you're not putting stuff out there um because they like you or not i do it because it's a creative outlet and i love it and i love getting to talk with people i got a dm the other day from a girl telling me that she started listening to the podcast and that it's been totally pivotal. It was this really long voice memo and talking about how pivotal the podcast has been and how it's changed her perspective and all these accomplishments that she's had in the last few weeks since she's been kind of changing her mindset. That's why I do what I do. Yeah. I, and those messages totally, far outweigh. Yeah, far. Yeah. They outweigh the messages telling me my eyes are different sizes, that I need a nose job, that I've had a nose job, yeah. that I have lip fillers or I don't, or that I'm a stupid bitch <laughs> or <laughs> I'm, my gotten, style's ugly. I'm trying to think of one that's really made me cry. None of those have. Or, hey, can you think of one that um, I've, I can't no. think of anything. That's the thing is like in the moment, sometimes I'm like, wow, that's hurtful. Yeah. Like, ouch. Um, but the, I forget about it. Yeah. My meanest one I've ever gotten was recently and it was, um, I posted a reel. <laughs> it's like, oh, I forgot it about didn't this. didn't even hurt my feelings. That was weird. <laughs> I posted, it was a TikTok and then I re-uploaded it to Instagram. It was a reel and it was like 
the trend where it's like, um, I can't wait to show my future kids these photos. And I just posted random ones. It was like me in Hawaii. Um, cause I wrote like, I can't wait to show them this, um, because that's my heritage. And then, uh, me and it, me living in Italy and then all these other photos. I was like, I can't wait to show my kids these. And this guy, a guy or girl, I don't know, but I didn't even see the comment. My boyfriend's sister like called my boyfriend and was like, did you see what someone wrote on Caroline's page? And Chris was like, what's happening? And he told me and I was like, oh, I'll look now. Like, it's okay. And I looked like 30 minutes later and it was like, of course you would show the sluttiest photos to your kids. Like you should be ashamed or whatever. I was like, who hurt you? Like, I. But it didn't hurt my feelings. No. I was just like, okay. I had one get on the wrong side of Instagram. I posted a video of me dancing at a wedding with the little girl bridesmaids. Oh. Because um, they were so excited about it, and their moms told me it was okay to post it. They like asked to make it with me and post it. Um, and so I put it on my Instagram and on TikTok. It was fine. It was cute. The comments were very nice. And everybody's wearing masks, and it got on anti-mask Instagram. Oh. And. (laughs) Yeah, Instagram's kind of dangerous, I found out. And the comment section, if you want a good laugh, I think I may have deleted some of the really vile ones, because I didn't, these are 10-year-old girls. Yeah, you didn't want the girls to see it. Yeah, and they have Instagram, or, you know, they're actually, I think, closer to 12. But um, it was vile. I bet. Insulting me for um, expecting a child to wear a mask and brainwashing. It was, and the sad part is one of the girls dancing in the video has cystic fibrosis. Yeah. Which that's why everybody was so careful being like distanced, masked. Like they really went to the nines for this um, wedding event that they had. It was very small. But um, I was like. That is so, like, you don't know the context of this at all. And people were, they weren't mean to the girls. It was very focused on the girls' mothers and me. Yeah. (laughs) But I I just, I was shocked. I know. Yeah, Instagram, yeah, it gets on this weird, I've noticed for real. Matt and the pink leggings got on the wrong side of TikTok. And the what? And the pink leggings. (laughs) It for sure got on the wrong side of TikTok. Or not on TikTok. Instagram. The wrong side of Instagram. TikTok, everybody's usually pretty nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, not usually, but it, it balances well, out, Yeah, I feel like. Yeah. But yeah, reels, you can get on. <laughs> it gets really bad. I'm like, who hurt these people? Like, who are? Because then I looked at the, the one rude comment I got. I looked at the page. I'm like, who the fuck would write this? And then it's like this account with zero followers, like, no posts. I'm like, Jay-Z, huh? who was on the podcast a couple weeks ago, my best friend had one post the other day. I forgot about this. I went and commented back to this person. I was feeling spicy. Yeah. Um, had somebody make a fake account, like with zero followers, following no one, to go comment on her picture and say, we get it, you're pregnant. <gasps> <laughs> or something like, it was meaner than that, I think. But it was something like yeah, that. Yeah, don't say that. And... Um, Jay-Z was like, I, I've made it. She's like, somebody took the time to make a fake account and be mean <laughs> to, to, me. to come and comment on my picture. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And people, like, people don't realize that we see things. Yeah, they think it gets lost in this crowd. I can't tell you how many DMs I respond to answering people's questions. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry I even asked you this. I didn't think you'd respond. Well, then why? why? <laughs> I know, yeah. 
Why did you DM I me? I know, and a couple of people on Middle Ground Podcast say that too. I'm like, honeys, we only have 4,000 followers. Like, I got you. I'm going to respond. Yeah, <laughs> Caroline's like, I'm out here. Yeah. I'm trying. Um, okay, I think that this naturally transitions a little bit. Somebody asked, what's the hardest thing you have to deal with as an influencer? Um, I guess judgment, but... I'm kind of past that. <laughs> I wasn't going to say, I was going to say the hardest thing for me is um, feeling, and this is my own insecurity. This is not the world's issue, but I feel like I have to justify my job to everybody that it's I, work because so many people I talk to are like, oh, well, that must be nice. And they have every right to feel like that. And that doesn't say anything about who I am as a person. And yet I let it define me. And I want to be like, no, I work really hard. And here are all the things I do. And nobody wants to hear that either. Right. <laughs> they don't care. Yeah. Tell them what um, Matt told you. Oh, um, no. About what? He was like, Joe, your job is supposed oh, to. Oh, 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 oh. Got it, got it, got it. <laughs> um, I was trying to get there. Um, yeah, this is really good. Matt always tells me, and he told me this when I was doing photography full time too. He was like, your job is to make your job look easy. Period. Like being a content creator, being in quote unquote influencer, which I hate that term because it has such negative connotation in our culture. It is to make everything look easy. Mm -hmm. And organic and natural and... Yeah. And nothing about capturing your whole life is organic. Yeah. And people always comment that whenever I'll share behind the scenes of us doing stuff. Setting up a tripod just isn't organic. Yeah. It doesn't matter how organic the moment is. Unless you have somebody full-time just following around documenting your life like you're the president. Yeah. <laughs> it takes some level of work. And planning. and Yeah. Yeah. But I really enjoy that. Like, Matt doesn't do any of that work. To him, it is just an organic, natural part of life. Because what he does is he comes in the kitchen and he helps make the French toast. Yeah. And I hit a shutter button. But at the end of the day, capturing life does take some kind of work. But what I've learned, in my opinion, is I'm getting to experience way more than a lot of people doing this. Um People think that it means that you're just wrapped up in how you look and how everything appears and making it perfect. And I'm not obsessed with that. I'm obsessed obsessed with capturing these experiences that I'm having. Yeah. And because I'm so busy setting up the camera and then going and having a great time, I'm not getting caught up watching other people live their lives. Because I'm just yeah. out here living mine. Right. And, sh- and people are watching yours. <laughs> right. People yeah. are watching mine and being like, well... All she does is, not everybody, but there is that connotation of like, all she does is try and capture this stuff for, and I'm like, well, we're still doing all of those things. Yeah. And when we travel, we haven't traveled in a long time, but what Caroline and I do when we have traveled in the past is we set aside like an hour in the morning and an hour in the evening to shoot Mm -hmm. content. And then everything in between we go and experience and have fun just doing things. We'll take photos while we're doing those activities, but it's one of those things that if they turn out great, if they don't, great. We have our hour at the beginning and an hour at the end where we get the things that we know are viable content. Right, yeah. 
Yeah, we do that a lot. And then in the middle, we play mermaids in the ocean and be ourselves. Yeah. We, we play mermaids in the ocean and <laughs> frolic, frolic and While drown. While the locals watch us and wonder what the hell we're doing. That was a great age. time. Never forget. <laughs> okay, let's see. Um, do you think that anyone can do this too? No. I think anyone's capable for sure, 100%, but it takes a certain person um, I think anyone can do it. I don't think anyone will enjoy it. Yeah, it's hard. It's not easy work. It's hard. And being self-employed takes a certain type of person. Um, and you have to kind of figure that out about yourself. I don't like, and you're the same way, don't like to be told what to do. And you don't, you don't want a boss. You want to be the boss. That's the same with me. And some people need... Caroline tried to work for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you second shot for me for years. Yeah. But she tried to work for me outside of just second shooting. She's not very good at yeah. it. Yeah. And that's, and that's not okay. true. You, you worked really hard. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's not... I just... I can't do it. But some people really need that, you know, commitment. And they need to be told what to do. And they want to please a boss. And that's great. Um you just kind of have to figure out what your personality is like and what you want to do. But yeah, I don't think it's for everyone in the way that it's really hard work and which other things are hard work. Like any job you do is going to be hard work, but I think this industry's hard work in that there aren't a lot of off hours. Yeah. You're kind of expected to be on within a certain capacity most of the time. It's hard to step away. And that's not for everybody. A lot of people like being able to go to work from nine to five. And then when they come home, nobody needs to know they're existing. Yeah. Unplug and do their own thing. And it's, it's really hard to unplug in this world. I mean, you can take breaks, but to actually like be absent for three days, that that's going to have a huge impact. Hurts your community and like, where the fuck are they? (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting. Somebody asked, um, I think this is kind of goes with that is how do you find the time to post regularly I want to do it but I also have to work my job and somebody else asked I don't know I can't find it in the list I'm still looking why am I still looking oh I found it Mm -hmm. um how do you find the time at the beginning of your journey when you aren't making money and have to work a full-time job like 45 hours a week and always feel tired from your job Mm. and what I will say to people like that is you're probably underestimating how much time this will take as a full-time gig. Um, And if you're feeling wiped out from your 40 hour a week job and like you want the free time outside of work to not do something, self-employment is going to be a journey for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And that doesn't mean you can't do it, but I was doing (laughs) wedding photography. How much were we working a shit ton. I mean, we were working together probably 60 hours a week. And that's not including, I came out with multiple online courses outside. I mean, I was working probably 80 to 100 hours a week. Mm-hmm. There wasn't like free time. Uh, not that I'm, and I'm not gl- like trying to glorify that or glamorize that. Like, I'm not saying that's how it should be done. I think work life balance is really important. But when it comes to starting as an entrepreneur or as a business owner, influencer, content creator, photographer, anything like this, there isn't 
Like it's just, there's not possible to have work-life balance in my opinion at the beginning of stuff like this. Yeah. And I don't know. I just think I've been so passionate about this that it doesn't seem like I'm working hard, but at the end of the day, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. Right. Like I love it so much that it doesn't seem like work. And Joe and I will even say that sometimes, even with the podcast, I'm like, oh yeah, people listen to this. Right. But like, I know that because I edit it and I put it out there and I do all the back end work to have you guys listen to it. But it just feels like we're just talking. Well, like the podcast, for instance, the podcast I can be really transparent about, you know, because it's just us. (laughs) Um, The podcast, we've been doing it since July. We have made maybe, I don't know, let's say $400, probably not even that much, Yeah. <laughs> on stickers in the last six months, maybe. Yeah. Um, I could look, but it, it's probably not much more than that. Um, and we're just now reaching a point where we're going to be able to monetize in the way of collaborating with some local brands that we love and things like that. Um, and we spend what minimum... I would say that I put into the podcast a week is probably eight to 10 hours. And Caroline puts in more time to the podcast than I do. I would say you're closer to probably 15 hours a week, yeah. would you say? Yeah, is that probably. Realistic? Yeah. Um, and all in all, I think we're on track this year if we land every deal that we've looked at landing um, at our revenue for the podcast being around $10,000. Yeah. And so I think that equates to Caroline and I making about a dime an hour to do the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but we love the podcast. Um, and we love all of you that are here that listen each week. And we love talking with you guys. And this is a creative outlet. And we're making money doing other things that we love that are keeping us afloat. And so it's worth it to do it in our free time because of the community and the connection and the other ways that it's fulfilling. And hopefully long-term we can evolve and, you know, we could come to you guys with more episodes or more um, maybe live events, things like that, that we're able to increase that revenue. But there are a lot of things we do that are just because we love it. Yeah. And I think people, like a lot of people have been asked questions about the podcast and this that were like, well, how do you monetize the podcast? How do you make enough money to do the podcast? I'm like, oh no, no. Like Caroline and I both do very well, but it's not, it's not through the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Because think about it. The podcast is not paying my bills. (laughs) No, no. The podcast actually, (laughs) yeah, the podcast actually takes money from our pocket. Yeah. Um, but we love it. Yeah. Um, but the reason I bring that up is as a listener to the podcast, um, if you're following content creators and influencers, and the thing is, I'm probably talking to the wrong people when talking to this podcast, because people who don't understand the concept of content creation or influencing probably aren't listening to this, Yeah, but I'm going to tell you guys anyway. Um, all of that content you take in is free. This podcast that you listen to, you have people showing up for you each week for absolutely nothing. You don't pay a dime unless you pay for Spotify, but you can listen to it on Apple Podcasts if you have money. an iPhone for free and you can listen to it for free on our website. Right. Um, but yeah, we don't get any money from Spotify, <laughs> but I'm just saying like 
listening to this is free. Following along on Instagram is free. Us responding to your DMs is free. Our advice is free. And so when you can support your favorite content creators, swipe up on the product that they're sharing. Um, double tap and leave a comment whenever they're doing a paid ad mm-hmm. and support them or even when they're not. Um, repost on your story. Repost stuff on your stories. You don't have to buy products. You don't have to spend money. They're doing it because they love what they're doing and they want the product. Like if you're going to buy a product, they want it to be genuinely something that fits and that you'll love too. Because I've had a lot of people DM me when I've shared a product and they're like, I'm sorry, like I can't afford this right now. Like just like oh, really yeah. sweet people who yeah. are like, but like I wanted you to know I swiped up and like I'm supporting you, whatever, from afar. And I'm like, if it's not in your budget, if it's not something you need, I'm, I'm yeah, not trying not. to sell you anything you don't need ever, ever. Right. Um, but really think about all the things that those people are doing for you. Mm-hmm. I think it's easy to lose track. Anyway, yeah. I don't even remember. Oh, 45 hours a week, wanted to get in this. So my advice would be is you're going to have to buckle down. Um, and I think a good way to approach that is like do it by quarter or by month. Say, okay, for June, I'm going to buckle down. I'm going to do my job, but I'm also going to give my all to content creation. And if at the end of that month, you're not feeling fulfilled by it or seeing any progress, then you can reevaluate whether it's worth it. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to just torture yourself either. Yeah. Yeah, if it's something you really want to do, you'll find the time. Work on Saturdays, work after work. You'll find it. How do you feel comfortable giving life advice when you're so young, maybe even naive? Oh, that's a good question. I struggle with this because I am young. Um, And it was really hard for me, especially just starting the podcast back in July. I was like, who am I to give advice? You know, imposter syndrome creeps in. Um. And you just have to do it. <laughs> That's what I've learned. Like, you just have to, uh, people are either going to like what you say or not, and it's okay. Well, I think if you're transparent, I keep using that word today, um, every perspective is valuable. And as long as you are not posing as an expert in something that you're not an expert in, I think it's totally okay to share your side of things. I try really hard when we're talking on this to clarify that this is my opinion or this is based on my experiences or this is filtered by my privilege um, when we're talking so that it's really clear. But I don't think you're so much giving advice as much as you are just explaining what the experience has been. And the more that we all talk about shared experiences and the ways it's impacted us, the more tools all of us have to face things. Yeah. And the more we can connect on a deeper level. So I'm all for it. Okay. I think the last question we're going to hit, and this is one of the biggest things that people asked is how do you get started with brands? Do you reach out? Do they reach out to you? How do you start getting paid collaborations? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I reach out to brands You can talk. Give us <laughs> no. Give us more details than that. Um, so now, since I'm interested in this business in this world, I uh, create a media kit. So I <laughs> tell everybody about a media kit. So a media kit is a um, 
It's like a little... It's like a resume. Yeah, resume all about me, obviously. And so a little bio, a cute photo of me, my name, what I am what I do, podcast host, um, photographer, content creator, etc. And then it tells my analytics of my Instagram, how many followers I have, how many, what's my engagement rate. Um, and since I have a low, lower amount of followers, my engagement rate is really high. So my followers are really loyal and um, which is good for brands, brands like that. So I have all that. And then I have um, my packages. I want to say what an engagement rate is. Your engagement rate is the number of followers that you have. Like if you have a hundred followers and 10 people like your post, that's a 10% engagement rate. 10% of your following is engaging with your content. And the bigger following you gain, the lower that engagement rate gets because it's just when you have a large amount of people following, they're not seeing all of your content. And that's the huge advantage that micro influencers and smaller content creators have is most of the time they have rock star engagement rates. So like Caroline's, I think is around like 13 to 15%, yeah. which is, I mean, unreal. Um, Matt, my husband has been <laughs> posting on Instagram, his engagement rates, like 35%. Oh my God. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. Like, re- and I believe that. Yeah. Ridiculous. Well, that's the other thing. Don't be afraid to start anywhere. Like, right. start small because those brands are like, holy shit, people are looking at these. Right. People, people care about these people yes. because the people who are following know you and are yeah. invested in you. Yeah. So, and- yeah. I make a media kit and then I send it out to brands I love and I want to work at, work with. Um, some email me back, some don't, and that's okay. I don't get my feelings hurt. And then I go from there and make email back and forth about whatever it is. Like recently I got um, really cute necklaces from a brand in New York City. And I'm not getting paid for it, but I'm getting free, nice quality jewelry to capture for them. Yeah, and feel out what's worth it to you. Um. But you can have a thousand followers and get paid gigs. Yeah. Um, Don't be afraid to pitch that to brands and stuff. And don't be afraid to email brands over and over again. Yeah. Be annoying. Yeah. Because you're not even annoying. They they forget you're there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I email brands. I like, I'm at the point now where more of my collaborations come from brands reaching out than me reaching out to brands. But that's also because brand collaborations is not a huge part of like my structure as a content creator. Um, I only do a handful a month, but, um, there are plenty of brands I've reached out to that I don't hear anything from. I'll email like once a month for like four months and then I'll quit. And then two months later, they'll email me and be like, we just discovered you on Instagram. And I'm like, like, do you not read your email? (laughs) But people don't. Yeah. They get a ton of emails. Yeah. A ton. Yeah, because I we have done this with the podcast, you know, made a media kit for the podcast and out to brands, and a lot of people have hooked, and a lot of people haven't. A lot of people just ignored us entirely. Yeah, which, which is, is fine. fine. It's not personal. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This has been a long episode. Yeah. Okay. Hope you learned something. <laughs> Hope you learned something. Um, answered lots of questions, yeah. and that was fun though. I enjoyed yeah. that. It's eleven eleven. Also. Oh. 
make a wish yeah can i say make a wish does that mess with your angel numbers no you can say make a wish okay we love we should do an episode on angel numbers. i know a lot of people ask me Um, look up angel numbers and what they mean if you see repeating numbers like two 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 three 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 i see 11 11 both times most days and i also see three 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 a lot those are like my consistent ones i see a lot of them yeah you do yeah. Two, 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 a lot. That might mean that you're just checking the clock too much, Caroline. Maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe. All right. You can find me, Joe, on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Pinterest, and other social media platforms <laughs> at Joe Johnson Overby. And you can find me, Caroline, at Caroline Selty on Instagram, TikTok, um, or and, wherever, actually, also. Yeah. And you can find the <laughs> podcast at Middle, Middle Ground, Ground podcast, podcast on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want to email us, our email is hello at middlegroundpodcast.co. We also have a website um, that you can check out that says a little more about us. And yeah, hope everybody has a great week. We're glad that y'all were here. Bye.